Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is Wits and Roz here at the Sporting Edge. We're back and we're better than ever, of course. It's been a great week. We're going to get into more sports as the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs are coming around. Baseball's in full swing, which we love here at uh, the Sporting Edge. And of course, we have to talk about the Masters, which Xander's going to be super hyped to talk to you guys about today. Xander, I'm back in Illinois. I'm back in Deerfield right now. We're uh, having a good week. It's Easter week. I go to Dayton, so if you guys don't know, that's a Catholic university. That doesn't that doesn't explain my allegiance in terms of religion. We don't talk about that here at the Sporting Edge, but I'm really? here for Easter break. Rosenzweig, I never would have guessed. Rosenzweig, I know there's some Jewish connotation behind that, but you know what? Okay, we uh, we're we're just experiencing the world, and I thought Dayton would be a great choice. So, but I'm here. I can't complain about the break. I have interviews. I've been hanging out. I went to the Cubs game. I saw one of our favorite teams play. I know you have allegiance both to the Cubs and Sox. Me, not so much the Sox, but the Cubs. You know what? It was a fun time. Rizzo got his first home run of the year, which is great. Addison Russell as well sent the ball to Waveland. It was a great time. Love the atmosphere at Wrigley. If you're ever in Chicago, wherever you are listening to this show, you got to come take a trip here and go to Wrigley Field. But Xander, enough about my uh, my life outside of this, which is super intriguing to everybody who listens to the show. Let's talk about the Masters because I know you had a fantastic day involving the Masters. Sergio. Sergio. Sergio's your man. What an unbelievable Masters Sunday. Probably the best one I've ever experienced. Not only because I put a couple bucks on Sergio, but the the courage, the effort that it took for him to overcome, you know, basically what has defined his entire career. I mean, he has, I think, the fourth, he had the fourth most major starts of all time without ever winning one. It was something like 72 or 73. It was a ridiculous number. And he's, you know, notoriously been known as the best golfer ever to not win a major. And the other thing he's known for is choking on Sunday. And it seemed like we were taking a page out of that very script. You know, he was eight under, three shots ahead of Justin Rose. Things were going great on the front nine. And then the wheels just absolutely came off. Sergio bogeyed 10, he bogeyed 11. And I'm sitting there just like, not again. Not again, Sergio, don't do this to me. Uh, you know, I, I was so nervous and, you know, before I knew it, Sergio was five under and Justin Rose was eight under and it looked like he was going to have a walk in the park to win the masters and 2013 U S open champ. But Sergio completely flipped the script in this one on, on hole 15. 13, oh, it was a 13. The, no, I'm talking 13, about the Eagle 13 is where 13 is where it started. Okay. This was the 
greatest par save I have ever seen. Sergio absolutely shanks a drive, out of bounds left, under the trees. It took him two minutes to find the ball, took a drop. And, you know, at this point, I kind of threw in the towel. I said, you know what, unless he saves par here, and Justin Rose hits the ball in the middle of the fairway, I mean, this was an easy hole to birdie. Sergio comes up, greatest par I have ever seen. Justin Rose misses a big putt, and he also pars. So momentum's starting to shift a little bit here. I know Sergio's three strokes back, but if he can make a little run, you know, then he's got a shot. And that's exactly what he did. Hit his first eagle in 472 Masters holes on 15. An unbelievable eagle putt. Put him within one. And now, now I'm getting real nervous. I'm sweating. I'm watching it with all my friends. I'm, you know, I'm running out of fingernails to bite on. And now we're really getting into it. We go to 18. And now we're tied. And, and this is where I really think Sergio thrives. One of the greatest match play golfers in the world. Hasn't really fared well in major tournaments. But does have a lot of PGA Tour wins. He has nine PGA Tour wins, 11 European Tour wins. So, you know, he, he has won before, but just hasn't done it on the big stage. But he is one of the greatest match play players in the world. And that's really what this Masters turned into. It turned into match play. And Sergio, you know, is constantly one of the best irons players on tour. And that's where I think he really separated himself, you know, the last six holes of this major. Had a putt to win it on 18. And I'm thinking this this is the biggest putt of his life. You know, it was a pretty easy read, and I think he completely choked it. On, on, in regulation on 18, the ball didn't even hit the cup. I, I was pissed. Justin Rose hit a bad putt, and Sergio had a putt to win it. And I was, you know, I was thinking, this is it. This is his chance. And he missed it. They go in to sign their scorecards. They come back out on 18, and now now I'm fully drenched. But oh, wait, Xander, you got to tell the you got to tell the listeners the text you sent our uh, friend group right after he missed that putt. I don't even remember. My mind was spinning so fast. Remind you said you were ready to you were ready to call it quits. Let's just put it at that. We'll put that at the PG version. Right, PG version because you know Sergio. I I, I thought he was done after nine and ten. I thought he was done after the tee shot on thirteen. He gave me some hope on the eagle on, with the eagle on fifteen. And then when he missed that putt, when he had you know all the opportunity in the world, I just you know I put my head down. My shirt turned from a light gray to a charcoal a charcoal gray. From all the sweat that was, you know, coming out of my body. I'm glad you know your colors. Oh, I'm a, I'm a big color guy. You know, 64 crayons, baby. Absolutely. And you know what? The first playoff hole, I, I you know what? I, I had a great feeling after 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 Rose's tee shot. You know, Sergio was driving the ball so well all day, just hitting stingers down the fairway. And I knew that you know the iron game, it, it's the best part of his game. And if he could put one close. You know, Justin Rose would need an unbelievable hole just to save par. And Justin Rose, you know, he got out from under the trees, got to the green in three. So he had a chance to save to save par. And Sergio knocked one, you know, about about 15 feet. And Justin Rose comes up and he misses. And now Sergio just needs to two-putt for the Masters victory. And what does he do? He goes up stone cold, puts it right in the middle of the cup, and... I went absolutely berserk, took the shirt off, was running around the house. Sergio's crying, I'm crying. And it, what an unbelievable day. I mean, especially when you think about Sergio, um, you know, a couple of his idols, Jose Maria Olazabal, a Spaniard, and Steve Balaceros, another Spaniard who wasn't with us, who is not with us anymore. And I think that made it even sweeter for Sergio on Master Sunday. It was an unbelievable effort. And that 
that curse has finally been lifted off of Sergio's shoulders. And Roz, I honestly think that he could make a little bit of a run here. I mean, like I said, he's one of the greatest irons player on tour. And, you know, he's a really good golfer. And that was why he had that title of the best golfer ever to never win a major. And now I think as a 37-year-old man who has dealt with, you know, all that defeat and all that heartbreak is finally, you know, among the golf elites as a guy who has a green jacket. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it, you, it was a little nostalgic and your emotions, I could tell, were running high just by the way you were telling that story right there. But we have to keep this in, in perspective, Xander. As amazing an event that was for Sergio, I think you're just happy that you pulled out some cash. So me, I'm on the opposite spectrum. I was having a great day. I had a great first three rounds. And yeah, I'm going to talk about it as if I'm playing because you know what I am. When I put my money on these players, I'm playing. And to see what happened to Charlie Hoffman and Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth, who I didn't have money on because I told you guys to avoid him, of course, last week. But my guys, they all just they just crapped out. Hoffman, minus six to being plus two at the end. Really tough for me. Some money that was flushed down the toilet when really I had already started thinking about my purchases, Xander. I was thinking about what I could possibly buy from my master's wins. And Justin Rose and Sergio Garcia had to shove the the iron right down my throat. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have this segment. We'll be back with more master stuff, but we're happy to be joined next segment by Bry Guy, the McCann. He's an animal. He's a wrestler from St. John's up in Minnesota, and we're super stoked to have him on the show. We'll see you after the break, everybody. This is Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm. What's up, what's up, everybody? We're back from the break. I am super excited, as well as Xander is, as we have a great friend of ours on the show, a tremendous athlete, one of the hardest grinders I've ever seen. And there's really, if you meet this guy out in person after this point, I really want you to go up and shake his hand. This is Bry Guy McCann. He is a wrestler for St. John's. He was a wrestler at Deerfield High School. I know we're chock full of Deerfield guests, but you know what? That's because we have great programs there, and we believe we're the best athletes in the world when really we're... uh, we're pretty subpar. But Brian McCann, like I said, we're grinders out here. He had a fantastic career at Deerfield. He had some injuries in college. He was battling a little bit of that. He played or played. You don't play wrestling, right, Brian? You wrestling play. You wrestling play. So <laughs> reverse the roles there. But he had some injuries in college, so he performed mostly his freshman and sophomore year. But his motivation, from what I've heard, his teammates, there's just nothing like Brian McCann out there. There's nobody to get you more amped for a day of work than the guy that's sitting to my right. So, Brian, let's just start off with an easy question. What's your favorite color? My favorite color is uh, probably it's probably blue. All right, we're going to go with blue. So, yeah. everybody uh, who is a blue fan, this is your guy right here, Brian. <laughs> Brian, the blue guy. But really, Brian, give us kind of the... Give us the insight of a wrestler. Like when you're on that mat, because I, I, I didn't wrestle. You know me. I was, I was a fake wrestler, like fake news. <laughs> kind of give me that. Uh, give me the insight. When yeah, you... I will interject and say that we were, we were old practice partners back in middle school. Yeah, I was know? a spar. I was literally yeah. just the punching bag. So that's because I was born for basketball. But Brian, when you see that guy on the mat and you know you're going one on one right now, you taking him down with some fury, or are you going to be like, eh, I'm just going to toy around, be finesse. I'm going to do some new tricks, work on some stuff. What do you think about when you're on the mat? Yeah, there's a. Uh... Wrestling's uh, it, it's cool because there's a lot of styles that you can that you can maintain through through a match and through a career. Um, you know, my style in high school was pretty. I would back up and try to avoid contact and just shoot from outside and a little more flashy. But in uh, college, you don't really get get away with that unless you're just lightning quick. So I'm just more of a grinder, just straight on um, and kind of just try to wear guys out. You know, just wear on their lungs and um, just conditioning, conditioning, and just 
attitude um, was more just my style. Uh, nothing, nothing flashy, you know. Perfect. Yeah, and the flash. I, I still remember, uh, you know, watching varsity wrestling. You know, Brian doing his sprints after the matches was always at peak conditioning for him. I remember we were wrestling partners freshman year, and although I weighed about forty pounds more, I was constantly being taken down by him and Lewis Levine. Really got the best of me, and forced <laughs> for, forced me into early retirement uh, after freshman year, but. You know, Brian, you also played football in high school, and one of the things that always impressed me was, you know, your size on the field was obviously not, you know, you, you weren't as big as everybody else, yeah, but yeah. that motor, you know, that drive, and, you know, the fact that you played defensive end, and I think, what were you, about a buck 40 in high school? Yeah, about a, yeah. my junior year, I was about a buck 40, and that was like 55 next year. Wow. Yeah. See, that I weigh about 112 right now. So right. <laughs> we can start talking. All right. We don't need to tell the listeners they need to add 100 pounds. But yeah, I think. Ethan goes by kilos. Kilos. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 112 kilos. But yeah, like you said, Xander, his grit, his passion for really getting out there. I mean, I watched this guy just eat raw meat for fun. Like, he tracked down a deer. We were from Deerfield. So that's like, we have to control the population. And Brian, really, he just goes in and he controls it. He eats them for dinner and eats it raw. So. But Brian, like we said, your grit and your grind, it doesn't come without just you being able to teach others. And that's a huge aspect in life, whether it's in business, sports, whatever you do, really inspire others. And right now you're up in Minnesota still. You're graduating soon, just like Xander and I, but you're working on CrossFit. So tell us a little bit about the CrossFit industry that you're in and your teaching. I know you can compete in that field as well, but are you more just looking to be kind of a coach at this point or hope to hop back on the saddle at some point? Um, I love... Um I love CrossFit just because of what it brings to the table as far as uh, like metabolic conditioning and you know not just heavy weightlifting but also running and, and, and endurance stuff. Um, uh, I, I like the CrossFit um, like way of, of, of exercise. Um, I'm working as a coach um, at, at a gym called Integration CrossFit, just a CrossFit affiliate, and um, I'm not trying to just be a, a CrossFit coach because I don't really want to be a part of because CrossFit's a business. I don't want to be an employee of the business. Um, I'd like to start my own thing. That's CrossFit based, you know, that I believe in the metabolic condition that CrossFit brings. Um, but yeah, I mean, CrossFit's a great starting point. Um, and it's, it's just really fun, you know, so I'd like to just stay in it. I, you know, CrossFit will be a part of my life for my, the rest of my life. What What's harder to you, CrossFit or wrestling? Wrestling. Wrestling? 100%. Perfect. Yeah. And is it, is one more mental than the other? I know both are very physical, but is there one that just really kind of you can lose your mental edge here and there, or is it like which one do you need to be more mentally focused in? Um, wrestling, because wrestling is just a twenty-four hour job. Um, you know, yeah, the practices are brutal, and you're you know, you're losing up to you know eight pounds of practice, just just sweating, just grit. Um, but it's also you know weight management, um, you know calorie intake and diet. Um, but yeah, I mean uh, CrossFit is just tough workouts. However, you can fill up afterwards, you're good to go. Uh, it's still tough, but wrestling is just, it's really more of a lifestyle. So you're saying the CrossFit people are allowed to eat, whereas wrestlers, they have to, they're kind of like divas. Can I call a wrestler <laughs> a diva? Or is that too, is that a little rough and I'm getting my ass kicked on the street this week Ethan, or you know, with your wrestling career, you develop enough credibility. You call us what we want. Yeah, what right. Want. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a diva. I mean, you can ask Zander yeah, right yeah. here. Just by listening to me on the show, I'm just, I'm very... <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, if you go back to our locker room discussions, I like doing my hair. I'm a hair guy. So I can be a diva. And you know what? If wrestling will take me in as a as their diva punching bag, I'm all for it. You know? I mean, I did my time in basketball, so maybe I give wrestling a little bit of a shot. I'll come up to Minnesota this next week, Brian, and you can uh, teach me the ropes a little bit. But I know, Xander, you're a competitive guy yourself, and 
I know that you and Brian have that just you guys bulk. You guys are ready to kill when you're on the field competing. Um, what do you feel, Xander, that Brian really uh, brings to the table that made you so excited to have him on the show today? Well, I, I mean, first of all, and I've known Brian for a, a really long time. I mean, obviously going back back to middle school days and, you know, just talking about sports and wrestling in general, just that tenacity, you know, whether it was on the mat or on the football field, it, it was something that was really noticeable. And I think that's, you know, why, you know, Brian, although he, you know, he didn't wrestle the past couple of years, he was a team captain at St. John's, um, really respected by all of his teammates. And it was just so apparent that he was putting in 110% every single day. And that's why I think he was so successful. I mean, to make it, to become a college athlete, I think is, you know, there's something to be said for that. But especially as a wrestler, I mean, the time, the dedication that you put in, I mean, I, I wrestled eighth grade and freshman year. So I really don't know what it's like to wrestle at the highest level. Um, but I do remember it, it being absolutely brutal. And, you know, we, you, you mentioned what it was like being a wrestler, Brian. Mm -hmm. You know, being on the mat, all, all the spotlight is on you. You control everything that happens. Um, you know that you got no teammates to save you. It's just you against one other person. And I think that's what makes it so interesting. I mean, it, it's just strict one-on-one -on -one combat, and you know you're constantly under the microscope. And I think that's what makes you know wrestlers. I would say some of the most mentally tough people around because you only have one person to rely on, and that's yourself. And so, yeah. Brian, I, I want to get you know an opinion from you. What were the main differences that you noticed between high school and college wrestling? Was it similar? Was it, you know, was college wrestling a lot harder for you? Um, yeah, no, great question. Um, it was kind of a culture shock, or not so much a culture shock, but just kind of a shock coming into college. I wanted to keep that same style, um, a little more flashy, uh, shooting from, you know, get, getting the guy's legs from, from space in, in college. But uh, they're too good, you know. <laughs> Their, their hips are too right. heavy and, and they're, uh, they're, they're athletic and they're, and not only that, they're, they're stronger, they're faster and they're meaner. Um, so I, <laughs> you know, so I had to, I had to get on that train and I actually, um, I completely changed my style and kind of my thoughts about wrestling as a whole, you know, um, I had to get tougher and I had to, uh, figure out a way to wrestle that's, that's going to work for me. And I realized, it took me about a year to realize what, what it is. And it's just really, I'm not in no way am I talented as far as wrestling. I had to make up for it with just grit, you know, grinding things out. You know, I'm not going to impress in the first period. You know, I'm going to shine in the third period and overtime when people are tired and I'm not, you know, like the conditioning, like you said before, that was my biggest, biggest tool and, um, more so strength in college too, put on a lot of muscle and, um, just had more fun Had more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And, Xander, I mean, Brian has all the potential we mentioned that he could be a great CrossFit coach. We might get into a little bit about how he could come back one day as a wrestling coach. I know he has so much knowledge to bring to younger generations that will get into this wrestling binge. But what I'm very excited to talk about next segment as we're about to come to the end of this one, Brian's a funny guy. And Brian does improv. Comedy is one of his favorite things to do. And he could be a potential second city member. So when we get back after the break, everybody, we're going to talk to Brian a little bit more about sports, a little bit outside of that as well. You know who this is. This is the Sporting Edge with Wits and Raj. We're at LibertyTalk.fm. And we'll see you after the segment. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger 
who writes the hot topics and the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the Bubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bub at org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbershot.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We're back. This is Wits and Rods at Sporting Edge. And like I said, we are joined by the fantastic Brian McCann, who hails from Deerfield, Illinois, currently residing in Minnesota. So we talked a lot about his work ethic, his drive on the field, which is more Matt because it's wrestling. But you know what I'm talking about, fans. And it's not only does he do that with sports, he's bringing it to another aspect in life. He brings it to the acting arena. And by that, he does improv classes and is actually part of an improv troupe at Minnesota it's another way for him to show his funny character to the world. I mean, back in high school, Brian McCann, not only known for the work ethic we were talking about, but he was the funniest kid around. I mean, you wanted to sit with him at lunch. You wanted to hang out with him in the locker room. You wanted to hang out with him wherever you could be. We had this thing called the blocks, or just a bunch of benches where you could sit on and socialize as high schoolers. But Brian's super funny, and he's coming back to Chicago, as we talked about um, before the show. And for those of you who have not been to Chicago or people that don't really know understand New York either, I'm going to explain the New York thing in a second. There's a place called Second City here in Chicago, and it's a fantastic it's a fantastic show is what I'm looking for, and it's all improv. And so they take classes as well as perform to the public. And then there's obviously the first stage, which is the professionals who eventually are looking to move on to New York, which I was talking about, like SNL, Saturday Night Live, for those who haven't seen that, another improv little bit. But they also, a little bit of scripted here and there, but you've seen some of the biggest actors in the world, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, go through this route. And I really believe Brian McCann kind of has this attitude about him that can make him one of these next stars, and it's all about kind of getting found. So while he does do the exercise and everything, whether it's for CrossFit and wrestling, he's also making people laugh around the world. And Brian, kind of tell us where you found this at in Minnesota and what kind of drives you similar to the way you were on a mat, what drives you to be funny as well as work on your improv skills? Yeah, my, uh, thank you for asking. My, uh, my improv career is, uh, very different than my, re- my wrestling and, and athletic career just cause, um, my athletic career is just coming from what I said before, kind of no talent, like just, just grit, you know, but improv when I first tried out, it's a very exclusive troop. I think, uh, like I mean, maybe 11 tried out when I tried out and only two got in. And then the next time 20 tried out and only three got in. You know, very exclusive, um, and I when I got in, I was just like, wow, I didn't train for this, like I didn't like work out for this, like I didn't. <laughs> it's just, it just all talent, you know. And um, I I only I finally exercised my talent when I got injured in wrestling my junior year, and my uh, my roommate's girlfriend was like, "There's no excuse why you shouldn't try out for this," and I tried out, and it's been unbelievable. Yeah, yeah man. So um, talking about wrestling a little more. You know, you told us, or I think I mentioned that you were the team captain your junior and senior year, even though you weren't on the mat. Um, yeah. You know, can you just tell us, you know, how that came to happen? I mean, I, I know your teammates got to have just an absolute ton of respect for you, to, you know, to get to that position on a team when, you know, you're, you're not even on the mat anymore. You're, you're, you're on the sidelines. But, I mean, just tell us a little bit about that and what it meant to you um, to be that respected by all your teammates. Um. It, it meant a lot, and it was really it was my goal my, my entire uh, three years leading up to it. 
was um, I really wanted to just take uh, a huge leadership role that I've already taken, but even more so to where I can kind of manipulate the program, St. John's Wrestling Program, to where I wanted it to be. Um, and I wanted it to be a brotherhood. Um, I wanted us to succeed individually, but together, you know, uh, we ride off each other's success. And that was lacking in my freshman, sophomore year, but it was, I was kind of determined to get the, get that going my senior year. And um, it was very successful in, in my in my goal as a leader, uh, senior year, as a captain. Uh, so that meant the world to me. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, Brian, we wrestled a little bit, you know, at- in high school together and you know one of my favorite coaches of all time even though i only only had him for one year was mark pector um was one of my biggest role models still to this day uh the way that he you know basically turned deerfield wrestling program around they're consistently a top 25 program now what was your experience like working with him um and you know how did he inspire you to get to the next level of wrestling um pector uh he saw people very individually um and he held us accountable to a very high level, um, and uh, what he, he was—I mean, he was a father figure to me. He was just a big teddy bear, um, and I mean, there was—I I love it because he just—he never coddled us. You know, there was a couple of matches that I won where he told me, like straight up, you know, you didn't—you didn't deserve to win that, you know, because I—I just, I just didn't bring—I didn't bring my game. I didn't—I didn't come out uh, firing like I, you know, like he wanted me to, and that I could do. Um, you know, he—he he made it difficult, but in a very constructive environment and that's why he was the man absolutely and you see it through your work ethic and everything you've done and we've been pounding it uh pounding the nail in the horse's head this is going to be my new phrase we're going to work on that but we're going to we're going to like it needs a little work but we're going to lighten this up a little bit we we're going to keep talking a little bit about wrestling we're going to bring back a little bit of the comedy but xander i thought i'd give him a little bit of a rapid fire challenge we didn't do this with joey last week we did it with Stephen cook the week before so brian all you got to do you got to answer these questions. It's going to come at you quick, so just kind of a quick answer. Improv, right? Here's the improv. We're going to get we're going to get great improv skills shown here on the Sporting Edge. So if you're an actor, we, this show isn't just for sports people. We're going to bring people on, like Brian. Hopefully, uh, to the test. hopefully Brad Pitt comes on the show one day. So we're going to start off. First question: Which actor do you model yourself off of most? Um. I'd probably have to go with Chris Farley. Chris Farley, that's a great one. If yeah. you haven't seen the best of Chris Farley, that's a great one. Next question. Outside of wrestling and CrossFit, and I guess we have to take football out of this too, what sport do you wish you played and wish you could go pro in? I don't know if there's a pro for it, man, but I love running cross-country, dude. All right, so an Olympic. We got Brian the Olympian. Yeah, distance running, man. All right, favorite uh, supermodel? Jesus, do I know any freaking names? All right, Lindsay Palaios. We'll just put Lindsay Palaios <laughs> down. All right, I got one. If you could take one celebrity out on a date, who would it be? God, probably T-Swift. Wow. Okay. Are you feeling? I'm, I'm more of a J Lo guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I'm more of a feelings time. guy, and T Swift's got a lot, so it's big for me. <laughs> Actually, Xander. Maybe she'll write a song about you. Yeah. T Swift, <laughs> listen, I'm Brian McCann. I'm fiending for you. Give me some feelings song about me. Xander, this is not the first time we've brought T Swift up on the show. Let's just be known. But that leads into the next question. Are you feeling 22? Uh, I am soon feeling 22, but I feel uh, it's coming on. It's coming so, on strong. So that was our least. One of the least exciting birthdays you can have. It's all downhill after 21. I can definitely tell you that from experience. Hey, I refuse to believe that. Next nice question. <laughs> what? <laughs> Next question. What? When's your birthday? May 6th. All right, everybody. Go follow Brian on Facebook and say happy birthday to him. Oh, yeah, question after that. What state do you wish you most lived in? Damn. God. Uh, I think an East Coast. Maybe, God, 
Rhode Island. Okay, so he said so he said Montana. Perfect. So <laughs> what what would be your ideal stage to perform on? Big. Uh, I'd like to be uh, center stage, uh, second city, not just in the, in the classes, but like the actual like tip top performers. So like Broadway. Um, and I've thought about even like SNL too. Like that, that SNL? would be really cool. That'd be awesome. That'd be a dream come true. So I got that he wants to perform at high school auditoriums. Perfect. <laughs> After that, next question we have: How tall are you? Five foot six. All right, we got five foot two out of that one. Xander, do you have any quick rapid questions? I'm thinking who's his favorite Sox player is my question. So he's gonna answer that while you have some time to think. Okay. Uh, my favorite Sox player could be all uh, any time. I was gonna say yeah. I think I'd probably have to go with um, Mark Burley. Mark Burley, that's a good one. The uh, perfect Mark game Burley. guy, perfect game guy. Great answer. I was at that what game. What is your favorite thing. hobby outside of sports and doing improv? Um, great question, and I'm gonna take it a little bit deeper. Uh, it's my biggest passion is personal growth. Like I love talking and I love motivating people. Um, biggest hobby is talking to people and just helping them out. You know the way that I would want to be helped out. So arts right. and crafts. And that kind of leads in, you know. You're majoring in psychology yeah. at St. John's. So what you know, do you know the exact profession that you're looking to get into? I mean, I know we talked a little bit before the show about how you know you want to get into helping people and you maybe wanna, you know, take like an athletic perspective to it. We're talking about CrossFit, we're talking about wrestling. Where do where do you see yourself in the future? God, there's there's a lot of paths, you know, as far as psychology, I wanna get grad school going and, and um uh I'd love i you know, like you said, I'd love to put a um, an athletic um twist to it. And I just want to motivate in, in, in my style, you know, which is, you know, comedic and, and, you know, moving my body and just kind of being a little bit crazy and <laughs> kind of spreading my enthusiasm. But I don't know what environment that would be in. I, I picture myself in a lot of environments. So great question. I made it super broad <laughs> answer for you. But uh, yeah. Uh, Here, we can, yeah. we can bring this out of him a little bit, Xander. We're going to give him a scenario. So because I am who I am and I'm a genie, so if you rub the lamp, I'm going to give you your wishes here. So, Brian, today I'm offering you two jobs. You can only take one of them. I'm offering you a head coaching position at a D1 collegiate school for wrestling. You can be the coach there. You'll do it for 25 years. You'll make a good living. People will like that. Or you get your own CrossFit gym. It's not associated. It's your own style. You get to own the gym. We quickly need the answer. Which one are you taking? Head coaching job division one. Wow. So he just signed the contract, everybody. Pay attention. Um, Iowa had a rough time in this year's – in the NCAA tournament for wrestling, which is probably false. We just didn't watch it. But <laughs> there's a head, there's a vacancy there now, which is also false. But Brian's going to take down that role. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show today. The fans are going to be super excited to listen to your story and everything, as well as I hope they go out and follow you, reach out to you, talk to you. You're very motivational. I hope job offers come flying out the door now. Brian, thank you so much. This is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm. Me and Wits are having a great time here. You know where to follow us. We're also on Facebook. We'll take your messages and put them on the show. So reach out to us. Reach out to Brian. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. And we'll be back after the break, everybody. What's up? What's up, everybody? We're back at the Sporting Edge. Just had a great interview with Brian McCann. An unbelievable guy is going to you know, improve a lot of people's lives someday. Energetic, passionate. I mean, you can't say enough about the guy, but Roz... Getting back to the sporting world a little bit, we got the NBA playoffs coming up. You know, I haven't watched an NBA game in about two months, but I will turn on the TV for the playoffs. Let's give a quick rundown of the series in the Western and Eastern Conferences. In the West, we got 
Golden State versus Portland as the 1-8 matchup. The Clips versus the Jazz is the 4-5. The Rockets versus the Thunder is the 3-6. And the Spurs versus the Grizzlies is the 2-7. And looking at the East, we got Boston, who took the one seed against our hometown Chicago Bulls. We have Washington versus the Atlanta Hawks is the 4-5 matchup. We have the Raptors versus the Bucks is the 3-6. And the Cleveland Cavaliers, the defending NBA champions, as the number two seed facing Paul George and the Indiana Pacers. So, E, I think we got a pretty interesting playoff set up for this year. I know Golden State, I would say, is my favorite pick right now, but I think you got to watch out for the Rockets. you got to watch out for the Spurs. And I think it'll be an interesting Eastern Conference showdown between the Celtics and the Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. That is my prediction. Yeah, Xander, and like you said, I don't think I've gone two months without watching the NBA, but it's been a while before I, since I sat down and watched an entire game. But Xander, i got to tell you, looking at these matchups, the NBA playoffs are going to be very fun this year. And although me and you are agreeing on the fact that we think it's going to be the Cavs and Warriors in the finals, and fun no, fact... I didn't say Warriors in the finals. You said Spurs? I I, you know what? I'm, I'm going I'm to leave it. I think... I think the Spurs have a chance to beat him. That's all I'm going to say. That's fair. Fine. We're gonna. I'm going to say you put the Spurs in the finals just because I want to. But I think it's interesting because I think we're going to see some upsets. I think, and that's weird in the NBA to think. Usually, it's pretty much chalk when you're watching these uh, series unfold. But here's a fun fact because you know I'm a stat guy. LeBron James has taken his teams five times to the NBA Finals as a two seed. A little interesting tidbit there. Not totally sure on his record at that point, but I just wanted to let you know, as a two seed, it's not impossible for him to make it to the finals. And what I'm talking well, he, about... He has made six straight, so I he's, wouldn't call anything impossible for him. Exactly. And what I want to bring up, and you can completely agree, and this, I promise fans, this is not a bias by any means. And Xander, I hope you agree with me here. I think the Bulls give the Celtics a run for their money. I mean, this isn't those Derrick Rose days where they were playing like... The seeds wasn't one versus eight, but those awesome series where it was Heinrich versus Rondo. I mean, those were amazing series. We're not going to get that this time. But the Bulls have an opportunity here because the Celtics are, to me, they're very good. They're very talented. They're very young. They're a new team together. So there's an opportunity for flaw to be shown with the Boston Celtics. And I think the Chicago can surprise them. I mean, Dwayne Wade's back in the playoffs. And I'm not saying Dwayne Wade's the greatest playoff player of all time, but the guy knows what he's doing here. And I think he can hype up this Bulls team, which is lacking in talent but definitely has some skill there to potentially push them over the Celtics' edge. I think they could take the Celtics. I think it would take six or seven games, obviously. But I wouldn't be shocked. Let's just put it out there. That's my bold prediction if we get one of those, Xander. I'm going to put that out there. And then, Xander, I think we just have to talk about it. This Houston Rockets-Oklahoma City Thunders game or series is going to be electric. It is going to be the most fun series to watch. I believe you would agree with me on this one, but how exciting is it to have Harden versus Westbrook for potentially seven straight games? It's really exciting. I mean, what James Harden has been able to do this year, I think is unbelievable. I personally have him as the league MVP. I know that Russell Westbrook put up <laughs> a triple double for his for his numbers this year, but you know, James James Harden's numbers are right there. I mean, 29, 11 and a half and I think it's like 8.8 rebounds. I mean, that's that's pretty darn close. Um, but I mean, Russell Westbrook was unbelievable. I thought James Harden was more valuable to his team this year. I mean, they are a 3 seed and he has really blossomed into one of the best players in the NBA. I remember when he was the sixth man with Westbrook and KD not too long ago, and he is now, I would say, definitely one of the top three or four players in the NBA, if not the best at the moment. Yeah, and Xander, so I'm right there with you, although 
on the other side of things. I think Westbrook is right now my league MVP. I mean, the only other person to ever accomplish what he did was Oscar Robertson, and he actually broke Oscar Robertson's triple doubles in a season record. So I believe that Russell Westbrook is my personal MVP for this year. And I think since the All-Star break, Westbrook has just been this dynamic and angry player, and it stemmed from the rant that I had once upon a time where I was upset that Steph Curry was the starter on that All-Star team. But since then... Westbrook has just come out and perform like he had. He set the record for most points in a triple double as well. He's a scoring machine. And Xander, we said they're both very important to their teams, and that's one of the big deciding factors in terms of being named MVP. And we can have an argument about this, but I think you take Westbrook off this Oklahoma City Thunder team, it's not even close to being a playoff contender. I think that team is. I, sim- I say the same thing about the Rockets. I know you can say the same thing about the Rockets, but I think the Rockets have a little bit more of a foundation than the Oklahoma City Thunder have. I think. Although they might not be a playoff team, which you're considering, I think they're closer. I think this Thunders team could be one of the worst teams in the league without Russell Westbrook. And I think he brings so many wins to this team that that's why he also deserves it outside of the fact that he averaged a triple-double this year. And obviously, we're going to see this matchup. Obviously, one of these guys is going to win. Obviously, the MVP will be announced within the first round of the tournament so or playoffs, so it won't. This won't be an indicator on who is the MVP, but I think it's going to be a fun matchup, and I think Westbrook's really going to fire up and come out there. I don't know if Harden is going to have that fiery, like, oh, I'm mad that I'm not on OKC anymore. It's been a long time. He's a rocket right now, and I would imagine he'll be a rocket for life. So I think Westbrook's got a lot more to prove. He's still upset with Kevin Durant. He's still upset how people have just keep filing out of OKC. So I'm taking him as my MVP, and I'm taking him in this round. They're the sixth seed going to take down number three, Houston. I'm actually on the other side. I think Houston obviously is a better team. Um, I mean, that's reflected, I guess, in the seating. But I think overall they're just a little bit better in every facet of the game. And and I think one of my reasons that I like James Harden as the MVP is I think he does a little less than Russell Westbrook. In terms of usage and shots, um, I think he does – a little more with doing less on the court, which is, you know, kind of a funny concept to think about. But, I mean, Russell Westbrook is awesome. But, you know, the, I think he's got the highest usage rate in the NBA, and he's the, the, a huge focal point of this offense. But James Harden, I think the way he's been able to orchestrate this Houston Rockets team this year has been unbelievable. And, and had Russell Westbrook not average a triple-double this year, I think James Harden, the stats he put up this year, I think, could have been MVP-worthy in almost any other season I can remember in recent history. Yeah, absolutely. And then we also have to consider LeBron James, who had arguably his best season ever. But that series doesn't really freak me out, so I'm not going to spend too much time. I believe me and you both are taking the Cavs over the Pacers in that series. So we're not going to spend much time on that. But another, the interesting thing to me are the four seeds in the playoffs this year. I think Washington, who's in the East, and then we got Los Angeles in the West. Those are two dangerous four seeds. And I know you you like the Warriors well, the to advance. The Clippers are not dangerous. Stop it. I okay. So that's that's the common narrative that we get with this Clippers team, and we've seen it year in and year out. But this Clippers team, to me, I just I think it's about time. I think it's about time to show us something, and I think they can do it this year. They got Utah, a new playoff team. They've been here and there. Obviously, they had the days with Darren Williams and Carlos Boozer, but now it's Gordon Hayward's team, and I think that it's their first year. Don't think they're going to pull it out, but I think the Clippers. Give a little bit of a fight to the Golden State Warriors. That's going to be a physical, physical series if that is to come to play. I think you know how DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin are, and you know that team is just they're known for their technical fouls, I guess, a little bit. But that also comes with physical play. So I think that will be an interesting matchup. Obviously, me and you are going to both go with Golden State Warriors getting to the conference or conference finals. But on the west side, if the Bulls don't take Boston down like I 
said could potentially happen as my bold pick. Washington can easily do it. I think both on the East Coast. I think that's not going to be hard in terms of travel and everything, so take that out of the equation. I think John Wall is just exceptional. I think he will be able to bring out a lot in his teammates in this situation. I know they're relatively new to the playoffs as well. I like Washington. Is there any team that you really like or could see upsetting as we're at the, about to be at the end of the show? Well, you know, I don't know if I would call this an upset, but I think the Spurs – um, I think they have a great shot to get to the finals. And my key thing is Kawhi Leonard and that defense, uh, the best defense in the league. And with KD, you know, coming off an injury, hasn't had a ton of time back in the lineup. I think, you know, that could be exploited down the road if the Spurs happen to make it to the conference finals, which I think they will. I think it will be a matchup with the Golden State Warriors. And I guess I'm going to say it right now. Spurs are going to be this year's NBA champions. But that is all the time we have here, Sporting Edge listeners. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm. We'll be back next week talking a little bit about the MLB because we've been slacking on that lately. But we'll see you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.